Well, good evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome, welcome, welcome to Ignite Depot. My name is Pastor Mill Jones. I'm the lead pastor here at Ignite Depot, a.k.a. We Are ID3 in Jesus' name. You know, that song was going, there's, there's, uh, there's singing praise in the house of the Lord today. I can already see Pastor Jewin's face looking like, I know what you mean. He's like, it's always praise in our house. There's always, it doesn't even have to be in the house. In fact, we was out earlier today and <laughs> glory to God. God does something so simple, but man, I was so thankful. I just started shouting and praising God in the grocery store. <laughs> she just walked away like, okay, praise God. That's, that's just him. And she's like, she actually said to me, she said, you better stop because you're scaring the people. <laughs> I'm like, if they ask me, can't nobody tell it like I can tell it what the Lord has done for me. Glory to God. Again, my name is uh, Milt Jones. I'm the lead pastor here, and we want to welcome you to Ignite uh, Depot, a.k.a. ID3, or we are ID3. In the name of Jesus, we're going to go ahead and jump right into the word today. I know God has a right now word. In fact, he has a word for you. Uh, where right after we make this declaration in accordance to Isaiah 61 and 1, it says this, it says that the spirit of the Lord God is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, open of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn. And to appoint unto them the morning Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for morning, a garment of praise. For the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they shall build the old waste, and they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. Father God in heaven, we give you the glory, the honor, and praise that is due your name. We thank you, Father, that this is the day which you have made. We will rejoice, and we will be exceedingly glad in it. Father, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go. Let us go into the house of the Lord. Father, I thank you that our preaching and teaching will not be with enticing words of man's wisdom, but let it be in demonstration of spirit and power that the faith of the people lie not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of the Most High God. Father, I decrease that you may increase. Let my tongue be the pen of a ready writer, writing the very oracles of your word upon the tablets of their heart. Father, I thank you right now. The minds will be renewed today, Father God. I thank you. The burdens will be removed and yokes will be destroyed. We thank you. The shackles are being broken off. People are being healed, set free and delivered, even as your word is going forth. We covenant with you for miracles, signs, wondrous manifestations of the gifts of the Holy Spirit as you see fit. And Father, wherever I'm able to give you alone all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise, in Jesus' name, let us all say amen. Now, if I was to give this title, this message a title, I would give the message the title of this, The Greatest Trick You Never Saw, Part 9, What's Done in the Dark. What's done in the dark. Now, we've been going over this series for the last uh, few weeks and everything. This, I believe this is the last installment. By no means have we exhausted all the greatest tricks uh, that you've never saw, but I believe that uh, the Father is shifting us into a new direction. In fact, I already have the, the next series that we're going to be teaching on. Man, it's powerful. You do not want to miss it in the name of Jesus. Now, I do have a word of the Lord for you today. God told me to tell you right off the beginning. He says, fear not. Because God is with you. 
He says, fear not because I am with you. He says this in a quote to Isaiah 41 and verse 10. He says this. He says, do not fear for I am with you. Do not be anxiously, do not anxiously look about you for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God is saying, you don't have to be afraid because he is with you. Even in the midst of the test, trials and tribulations, he is with you. In fact, he says this in Isaiah 42 and 9, he says, do not, he says, uh, he says this, he says, behold, the former things are past and new, I declare new things before they spring forward. I will proclaim them to you. God says these tests, these trials, these tribulations, those hard times, that sickness and disease, that trial with your family member, that, that situation on your job, that 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 setback in your finances. He says those things have passed. He says, but new things I'm declaring unto you. And fact, God says that he he says this about you. He says that he has some great things in store for you. He says this, he says, do, he says, do not call to mind the former things. What former things? Those former things that have already passed. He says, or ponder on the things of the past. He says, behold, I would do something new. He says, now it will spring forth. He says, you don't have to wait. He says, cause it's going to spring forth now. He says, will you not be aware of it? He says, I'm telling you before it even happens. He says, so will you not be aware of it? Will you not be expecting it? He says this, he says, I will even make a way or I will make a roadway in the wilderness. He says, and I will make rivers in the desert. So what is he saying? He says, I'm going to make a way when there seems to be the, no way. He says, I'm going to make the impossible possible to those who will believe. He says, I'm telling you before it even happens. He says, I'm going to, I'm telling you right now, those former things have already passed away. So don't be anxious about it. Don't be concerned about it. He says, because I'm with you. I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to uphold you. God says, I'm going to help you. And I'm going to lift you up with my righteous right hand. And if God be for you, who in the world or anywhere in the universe dare be against you? God is with you. God is for you. God says he has some great things in store for you. He says, so get ready, get ready, get ready. Say right now, I receive the new thing that God has for me. I will not be afraid because God is with me. He's helping me. He's sustaining me. He's upholding me. I will not be afraid. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, that for some people out there, they said, nah, man, I don't believe all that. But I'm going to tell you, this is what God said. He says, there are some ways out there that he says, for some, he says, there's ways that seem right. He said, there's things that seem right. And this is what he says in, in accordance to Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 12. He says this, he says, you can rationalize it all you want and justify the path of error you have chosen. He says, but you will find out in the end that you took the road to destruction. I'm gonna read that for you one more time. There are people out there right now who, who click through this, who click through, who say, ah, man, I don't, 
God ain't with me. God is for you. God is with you. God is on your side. He says, but he will not go against your will. He says, now, if you make a decision and you choose another way that seems right to you, he says, but he says, but you, he says, you can rationalize it all you want. And you can even justify the path of error you have chosen. He says, but you will find out soon. You will find out in the end that you took the road to destruction. It did not say God was the one who put you on the road to destruction. It says you chose to go on the road of destruction. See in Proverbs chapter 16, 25, and it amplifies, it says it this way. He says, there is a way that seems right to a man and appears straight before him. He says, but at the end of it is the way of death or the way of destruction. Why are you telling us this? Why is this message called what's done in the dark? He says, because Jesus says, I'm warned you and, I, and I'm telling you that rampant, that, that he warned us that rampant deception. He said that in the last days, there's going to be rampant deception. He says this in, in uh, Matthew chapter 24 and verse number four, he says this, he says, Jesus answered at that time. He says, at that time, what time is he talking about? His disciple asked, when was the end? It, when is all these things going to happen? When is going to be the end of this age? And when is, is your return? Here he's talking about the end of this age. And this is what Jesus says. He says, at that time, when near, at the end of the age, he says, deception will run rampant. He says, so beware that you are not fooled. He says, for many will appear on the scene claiming my authority or saying about themselves, didn't say Jesus said about this, said about themselves, didn't say God said this about them, saying about themselves that I am the anointed one and they will lead many astray. It didn't even say it was going to lead a few astray. It says that because deception will be running rampant, it will lead many astray. See, there's this saying, you know, is it fact or is it fiction? Is it fact or is it fiction? Facts are the pieces of information that can be or have been proven as true, whereas fiction is based on a person's imagination. When you go to the library or you, or you look up online and, and, and you're seeing things, and even when, you, when, when people get off in the error, they're either following facts according to the word of God, or they're in fiction in their own imaginations that they've dreamed up. And he says, or the world is presenting to the, is like false evidence that they're presenting out there. You know, fake news is not new. When people use the term fake news, it's not new. Fake news goes all the way back to the book of Genesis. When the, all the way back into the garden where the adversary presented some news or some information about what God said that went, was, was, went against what it is God actually said. When he says, he told Adam, if you eat this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he says, you will surely die. The adversary comes back and said, man, you ain't going to surely die. Die because God knows the day that you eat of that tree, you're going to be just like him knowing good and evil. He told partially truth. They would know good and evil, but he he let, he he misled uh, them on the fact that they would not die. He knew the moment that they violated that command that God gave them that they was going to die or they was going to separate themselves from the kingdom of God and separate themselves from God's way of doing things. But I want to warn you of this. 
particularly those who are in the body of Christ, because everything's the devil. But every time something goes wrong, it's the devil. It's the devil. It's the devil doing it. The devil made me drink that wine. The devil made me smoke that weed. The devil made me take my clothes off. The devil made me sleep with that person. The devil made me steal. Everything's not the devil. I'm going to put, ooh, what? Everything's not the devil. You, everything's not the devil. Sin is not from the devil. Now he might, he might, he might send you some suggestions, but just like Adam and Eve, he couldn't make them do anything. Newsflash, he can't make you do anything either. Prove it. Okay, I will. Turn with me, if you will, over to Romans chapter 6, verse 12. Everything is not the devil. People give him too much credit. Everything's not the devil. How do you know? Here we go. Verse number 12 says this, sin is a dethroned monarch. So you must no longer give in an opportunity to rule over your life, controlling how you live and compelling you to obey its desires and its cravings. So it's said right here in the word of God, in accordance to Romans chapter six, I read out of the Passion Translate, it says sin, because you're dead to sin if you're in Christ, sin it has been dethroned, is a dethroned monarch. It has no rulership, no dominion, no authority over you. So you must now no longer give it an opportunity to rule over your life. It did not say sin was dead. It just says sin does not have rulership over your life and is no longer controlling you. You can't, you can't give it an opportunity to rule over your life or control it how you live or compelling you to obey its desires and its cravings. So then refuse to answer its call. Sin calls you up on the phone. Hey, like a piece of apple pie in the refrigerator. Hey, I'm in the refrigerator. I know you're so full right now. You can't eat another bite. But there's apple pie in here. You better come on and get some. And you answer the call and you go downstairs and you and you open up the refrigerator and take get ready to take out the apple pie. And oh, and by the way, while you're taking out the apple pie, ice cream is calling your number two. It's like, hey, don't forget, forget about me. The apple pie doesn't have any control over you. The ice cream doesn't have any control over you. And sin does not have control over you. The adversary has no control over you. The only way he gets control is if you pick up the phone, answer it, and, and let's continue on. Once you answer its call and you surrender your body as tools for wickedness, he can't make you do anything. Instead, instead of giving into sin, instead of answering the phone, instead of, you know, you got to put that joker on a do not uh, do not call list or you block his number. Just like somebody who's blowing up your phone and, and you don't want anything to do with him and defriend them, block them, uh, delete every email, change your phone number, whatever you got to do to make sure that you don't give opportunity for that mess to come back in your life. It also goes on to say, instead of giving into the sin, passionately answer God's call. So when the adversary tries to call and try to get you back in that old mess or when sin tries to call you and say, man, one more time around the block, bit, fella, it'd be OK. You got to hang up the phone because God is that is on. A, don't send God to voicemail trying to answer the devil's call. God will all remember. God is with you always through the person of the Holy Spirit. He's always with you. So when God calls. He, he's trying to, to cause to keep 
yield it. Don't when God answer God's calls to keep yielding your bodies to him as one who has now experienced resurrection life. See, you're no longer an old sinner saved by grace trying to do your best to make it in. You are now someone who by grace through faith have received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. And now you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. In fact, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That old sin nature has no authority over you anymore. Now you can live a resurrected life, a life that you've never lived before. He says, you live now with his pleasure, God's pleasures, and ready to be used for his noble purposes. At one time, we all, before you came into the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, we all yielded our bodies. We all yielded our tongues. We all yielded our members to some form of sin. But now, everybody say, but now. But now, say, I'm dead to sin, but I'm alive to righteousness. Again, I did not say sin was dead. All the word of God says that sin no longer has authority over you. So you got to block, you got to cut, cut his number out. You got to cut her number out. You got to take off your Facebook page, all those old emails, all those old letters, burn them up, shred them. If you're dealing with an issue, man, get an accountability person who's going to hold you accountable to make sure that you're always answering God's calls and you have blocked those old, those old uh, phone calls and phone numbers and text messages and DMs and all that. I'm going to tell you what, for me, there is nothing on my phone that Pastor Juwen cannot see. She has every password. She has every uh, 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 pin number to every account. There's nothing that's hidden. You want to know why it's not hidden? Because the devil wants, to, wants you to keep it in the dark. He wants you to keep it hidden because as long as it's hidden and as long as it's a secret, guess what's going to happen? You're, go you're always going to try to make, make excuses for what it is that you're doing. But the moment you tell somebody else about it, the moment you share with somebody else, man, I'm going through this situation. I'm, I'm trying to deal with this situation and, 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 I, and, I, and I, it, I'm doing well at it. And when you when you have somebody else hold you accountable to your actions and your decisions, you'll be surprised how fast you'll be able to get out of that situation. I'm telling you, I know from personal experience. So I'm going to ask you this question. Who are you yielding to? If you now know that the devil doesn't have authority over you, that sin has no power over you, if you already know that even though it's calling you, you can hang up the phone, you can cut it, cut the number off, you can cut them off like bad credit, you can cut them off like the light company if you didn't pay your bill, you just cut that stuff and you begin to answer God's calls because God is always calling. So now what do you got to do in quarters of Romans chapter 6 and verse 16 says this, don't you realize that grace frees you to choose your own master. Oh, y'all should have shot the music down. Grace frees you to choose your own master. But choose carefully for you, for you surrender yourself to become servant, bound to the one you choose to obey. If you choose to love sin, it becomes your master. Did y'all hear that part? If you choose to obey sin, Sin becomes your master. He says, and it will own you and reward you with death. It didn't say God was going to do it. 
It didn't say God was going to, it was going to be the one tempting you with it. It says, if you make a decision, because through grace, are you saved through faith? Now grace gives, has, has frees you to choose who you're going to surrender to, who you're going to yield to, whether you're going to yield to sin and, 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 and be bound to obey it. And it, it brings you to the point of death. Or if you're going to choose to love and obey God, he will lead you to perfect righteousness. Ladies and gentlemen, the choice is yours. The choice of who you yield to, what you yield to is completely up to you. So, so stop saying the devil made me do it and the devil's busy and the devil's trying to do this and the devil. Now, I'm not going to, don't, um, don't misunderstand. The adversary does through do, uh, uh, demonic forces or spirits, he will try to work through others to come against you. He will try to get you talk to get your brother brother smell so good or sister sister dress so nice to come up and try to talk to you if he knows that that's the area he used to get you in before you got born again. But guess what? Whether you talk to that person, whether you entertain their entertain their conversations, is totally up to you. I'm telling you, from somebody who who grew up in the South, and you speak to everybody. I have been in situations. God says, "Do not speak to that individual," even when they was walking directly to me. Which, in my know, the way I was brought up, you never do that. But when He says, "Do not speak to them," because their motives are not pure. They have an ulterior motive. They're trying to see if they can get you to talk to them because the moment they talk to you, the adversary thinks he can get you back into that old way. Sin is trying to trying to, trying to to convince you that ain't nothing about you change. See, you still doing the things you used to do. You still lying. You still cheating. You still smoking. You still sipping. You a sipping saint. You still sleeping with everybody in the church. The devil is a lie. Mm-mm. I'm like, uh-uh. They said, what, are you afraid of your wife? I'm like, man, I'm not afraid of my wife. I just love God more than I, more than I love doing something else. It ain't worth it. No matter how good it is for that moment. Those, those <laughs> I, saw, I told one of my brothers one day, I said, man, I don't care how good you think that thing is going to be. I mean, it might go snap, crack, or pop, make your toes curl in a whole nine yards. Guess what? At the end of the day, you still are have only magnified what you was trying to fix in the first place, like that whole hookup culture and everything and all that, you know, what's your, what's your body count? And, you know, how many times have, you know, will you let this person smash all those things saying this, look, I'm going to try, God, the adversary says, I'm going to present a way to you. I'm going to present something to you. That's going to give you the, everything that you believe that you want apart from God. Guess what that's called? A spirit of delusion. What's the spirit? What's the spirit of delusion done? And according to Isaiah chapter five, verse 20, it's talking about this. It says, woe to those who begin to call evil good and call good evil. He says, who substitute darkness for light and, 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 and light for darkness, who substitute bitter. It says, he says this, he says, it substitutes bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. So he said, he says, you are trying to make an exchange. You're trying to, he says, when you are under a spirit of delusion, you will begin to call good evil and begin to call evil good. He says, you will begin to substitute darkness for light and light for darkness. He says, you will begin to substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. In other words, you're going to flip the script and you're going to be more 
persuaded by the things of this world than you are by the things of God. And, and that's what society does. You can look on the news right now. You can look on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Tinder, whatever you want to call. And what they're pr trying to do is present something one way that goes totally against God's way of doing things. He also goes on to say to this, he says, woe to men. He says, woe to men, uh, 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 mighty men at drinking wine. He says, woe to men, uh, uh, valid for mixing intoxicating drink who justify the wicked for a bribe and take away justice for the righteous man. So he says, they'll take a bribe They'll take a bribe in order to take the rights away from the righteous. He says all those things. You don't even have to go far. All you got to do is turn your TV on. It's going on right now. The thing about it is, is you have to know truth for yourself. People, you hear people say, I got my truth. You got your truth. Ladies and gentlemen, there's only one truth. Truth is found in the word of God. That's right. I said it and I'm not taking it back. Truth is only found in the word of God. People say, you know, well, well how do you know? How do you know that's the truth? I said simple because Jesus says he is the way, the truth and the life. No man comes to the father by, but by him. He also says it in John 17. He says, Father, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Your word is truth. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a spirit of delusion that's in the earth right now trying to convince people that Good is, is bad and, and, and bad is good. Now, you know, you got to be stuck on some serious stuff that it, and you not realize that, but it's so subtle that many people are taking falling for the bait. I'm going to tell you this. When God showed it, shared this with me today and he told me to share this with you, I was like, OK, God, here we go. He says things are not always what they appear. He says things is not always as it appears. We'll find this over here in, in uh Second Corinthians chapter 11, verse number three. And we bring it a little bit. We're bringing it all the way back to even to the church and, and churches nowadays, not only in, in across the, the nation, across the world. Things are not that's going on is not always as it appears. He says this. He says, but now this is Paul writing to the church. He says, but now I'm afraid. That you, just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's clever lies, your thoughts may be corrupted and you may lose your single hearted devotion and pure love for Christ. Why did he say that? He says, for you seem to gladly tolerate anyone who you, who you, uh, who comes to you preaching a pseudo Jesus. What is a pseudo Jesus. When you're talking about a pseudo Jesus, a pseudo Jesus, and we'll, I'll give you the pseudo, the word pseudo means false or counterfeit. It says, you seem to gladly tolerate anyone who comes to you preaching a pseudo or false or counterfeit Jesus, not the Jesus that we have preached. You have accepted a spirit of, of and a gospel that is false rather than the spirit and gospel you once embraced. How tolerant have you, have you become of imposters? Ladies and gentlemen, there are imposters out here. There are people out here 
trying to convince you that Jesus just tolerated everything. Jesus just accepted everything. I heard somebody say one time, if Jesus was on earth right now, he will lead a gay pride parade. I'm like, you have lost your mind. There is no way. Why? Because doing so, he would go against the word of God. Does Jesus hate people? Nope. Does he expect us to hate people? Absolutely not. We love everyone, but love doesn't equal tolerance. Love does not equal tolerance. God loves you, but he don't tolerate all the stuff that we do. God does not even, he doesn't tolerate sin. Sin has an end result, and that end result could, could lead to death or destruction. And it's not God, not God putting that situation on you, but there's laws that are in the earth. There's a law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, but there's also a law of sin and death. Now, they come to you preaching a pseudo Jesus, not the Jesus that we have preached. He says, you have accepted a spirit and gospel that is false. He says, he says, rather than the spirit and gospel you once embraced. He says, how you tolerate, how you putting up with, uh, uh, you have become uh he says, how you tolerate, you have become these, these imposters. Why are you, in other words, why are you putting up with their stuff? I'm here to tell you this. False deceivers. Remember, we talked about this from the very beginning, that in the last days, Jesus said, deception would run rampant. He says, many will say that they are the anointed. He says, and they will mislead many. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you right now, there's people being misled every single day. There's people being led, misled every single Sunday. There's people being led, misled every single Saturday, every single Wednesday, every single Thursday. There's people being misled from, from, from the White House to the outhouse, from Parliament all the way to the rulers. People are being misled. Says this in, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 13. This is verse 13 talking about this. He says, for they are not, he, Paul was talking about, remember was talking about those who are preaching a pseudo, a false Jesus, preaching a false gospel, talking about a false spirit. He says, they are, they are not true apostles, but they're deceitful ministers who masquerade as special apostles of the anointed one. That doesn't surprise us, for even Satan transforms himself to appear as an angel of light. He says, you're going to have people who are, who, are, who are false leaders, whether they're in the church, outside of the church. He says, he says even the adversary will, 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 can transform himself to appear as an angel of light. He will, he, will, he, will, he will speak the truth. Remember, when he talked to Adam and Eve, he gave them partial truth, but he, he, told, he twisted it just enough to make it a lie. Remember when he came to Jesus and, he, and he, he tried to tempt Jesus when he was in the wilderness? Remember, he, he even used scripture to Jesus, but he took scripture out of context. And when he took the scripture out of context, he, he, when he took it out of context and he misapplied what the word of God said, he made it turn. It became a false way of doing things. It made it, it he was trying to take the truth and make it a lie. He was trying to get Jesus to get over into pride. And the moment Jesus got over it in pride, he would have got over into sin. I'm telling you, there are there are people right now, there are this, there are uh, people who are not true apostles, but there are deceitful ministers and leaders. They're masquerading as special apostles of the anointed one. He says, but it doesn't, it shouldn't surprise you because even Satan himself did that. And God told me to tell you this about it. He says, those pretenders, those who are false, 
those who are counterfeit, those who are hip hypocrites, he says, those pretenders will be exposed. He says, so it's no wonder, he says, his servants, talk about Satan's servants, also will go about pretending to be ministers of righteousness. He says, but in the end, they will be exposed and get exactly what they deserve. He says, in the end, all the false teachers, in the end, all the false leaders, in the end, all those who, who, are, who are presenting a, a false Jesus, a counterfeit Jesus, a counterfeit gospel, a counterfeit uh, Holy Spirit. He says, all of them will be exposed. In fact, he said, yes, sir. He says this. He says, when you, if somebody tells you there's all kinds of ways to get to heaven, you don't need it. You don't, you don't need uh, to get Jesus. You don't even have to accept Jesus. Your good will outweigh your bad. All you got to do is come into this booth and confess your sins to this one person. And if you confess your sin and say a 12,000 12, Hail Marys, but you never repent, you never make a decision of uh, Jesus, if you never make a decision accepting as your Lord and Savior, you will have done all those things that you will find at, at the end you were that you was misled. The other part about that is is your good works will never be enough to get you into heaven. Your good your, your if your good works was enough to get you in heaven, my good works was enough to get me in, then why did Jesus have to come? Somebody had to pay the sin debt and you and I were not qualified. In fact, I'm going to tell you this and we're going to hit these last two scriptures and this is where we're going to end. I will tell you this that God said this to to me this day he says that False teachers have even infiltrated the church. I said, what? He said, false teachers have infiltrated the church. He, he find this in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse number 1. It says this. It says, in the past, Peter said, there arose false, false prophets among God's people, just as there will continue to be false teachers who will secretly infiltrate in your midst to divide you. What's, the, what's their goal? To divide you and bring in with them their destructive heresies. What's a destructive heresy? False teachings. So there will be false apostles and false preachers and there will be false ministers and there will be false uh, prophets and there will be false evangelists and there will be false people who will be going around and, and infiltrating in your churches and infiltrating into your midst and infiltrating into your small groups and trying to infiltrate among you. And their whole goal is to do this, is to want to divide you because they know a house divided cannot stand. And also understand this, they will bring with them destructive heresies or false teachings that will lead many astray. Remember, Jesus says when they come, they will, they will present themselves one way, but they will bring about error and they will lead many into error or they will lead many astray and they'll bring a false, a counterfeit Jesus. They'll bring a false, a counterfeit gospel and they will bring a false counterfeit Holy Spirit. And this, and this, this is the one thing that really will blow your mind. It also goes on to say, they will even deny Jesus. They will even deny Jesus. It goes on to say this. He says, they will even deny the master who paid the price for them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Many will fo follow immoral lifestyles because of these corrupt false teachers, because they're going to give you a false pseudo Jesus, a false pseudo gospel, a false pseudo Holy Spirit. Many people will, will follow it 
immoral lifestyles because of these corrupt false teachers, they will, uh, they, of course, they, the way of truth will be slandered. They are only out for themselves, re ready to exploit you on their own for their own game through their cunning arguments. Their condemnation has been a long time coming, but their destruction does not slumber or sit idly by, for it will surely come. What does all that mean? He's, he's, he's warning you down and, and he's telling me to tell you right now, there are people who are, who are, who are infiltrating the church right now. Because if you don't think the adversary shows up on Sunday mornings with you to church, he goes with you every Sunday. Why? Because he wants to know what it is that you're here. Him or one of his imps who's assigned to you shows up with you every week. He wants to know what it is that you're here. So when you come out that door, he knows how to come at you. But I'm here to tell you, I'm going to tell you how you overcome them. You want to know? You interested? First of all, number one, you got to study the word of God for yourself. Remember, you remember that Jesus is the truth. How do you overcome the adversary? Through the truth, because he can only tell a lie, but his lie will never supersede God's truth. But what do you have to do? You got to study the word for yourself. I'm, that's why we always put every scripture, every address on the screen so you can see for yourself. Why? Because I'll expect you to write it down. I put it in your phone. I put it on your tablet so you can go back, watch this again, read through the scripture and make sure you're going line upon line, precept upon precept. The more words you have, what happens when you get the word of God? It begins to wash that fear, doubt and unbelief right out of your head. Is that study to show yourself approved? Study and be eagerly and do your utmost to present yourself to God approved, tested by trial, a workman who has no cause to be ashamed, correctly analyzing and accurately dividing, rightly handling, and skillfully teaching the word of truth. If there's one thing I pray every time we come on, or every time we have a meeting, or every time we have, have service, is that people will be take what they hear and begin to apply it to their everyday life so they so they will be able to rightly divide the word of truth we're always going to give you the word of god we're not going to take it out of context we're going to tell you how to use it in a practical way in your everyday life so that you it will be a blessing to you this number one you got to study the word for yourself number two you got to let the word of god reveal the truth you got to let the word reveal the truth. You find this in Psalms 119 and 130, which says this, break open your mind, break open your word, talking about God within me until revelation light shines out. Those with open hearts are given insight into your plans. The moment you get the word of God on the inside of you, the moment you allow the word to, 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 to reveal the truth to you, the, when you begin to read the word, the word will begin to reveal or be like a bright light. Even in your darkest situation, just begin to read the word of God. And when you begin to read the word of God, the light of God's word begins to shine bright and exposes the darkness, but it also reveals to you what the truth is. What's number three? Let the light of the word guide you. See, it's one thing to study the word. It's another thing to let the word reveal the truth to you, but you got to let that light of the word begin to guide you. What do you mean guide you? Let every decision you make be based off of the word of God. 
When you go to God in prayer and you ask God a question, guess what? God will always respond to you according to his word. If you can't find a, mo uh, uh, a time in the word what God that, situ that instruction that you think you got from God, then that probably is not God. That's probably some of you. You're thinking and you're you leaning to your own understanding. But when you let the word, let the light of the word guide you, this is what happens. The truth shining light guides me in my choices in accordance to uh, Psalms 119 and 105. And the Passion Translator talks about how the truth shining light guides me in my choices and decisions. The revelation of your word makes my pathway clear. It all starts with the word. This, when, when if you're in darkness, you have an absence of word. You put the word on the inside of you. Now that light begins to shine on you. When you get that word on the inside of you, guess what else happens? You begin to get revelation. When you get that word on the inside of you, then that word will begin to show you or direct you in the way that you should go. And guess what it's going to do? It's going to turn you away from darkness and it's going to lead you into the light. So when somebody's trying to present evil as good, you will already know, man, that ain't God. I already know that's a spirit of delusion. And when somebody starts saying that there's all kinds of ways to get to heaven other than Jesus, you will know because you're, you're under the word, you will already realize, man, I know that's not true because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by him. And just because you love them does not mean you tolerate all their stuff because God loves us all, but he does not tolerate sin. And fourth, and this is the last point, what do I do to, in order to expose the darkness by the light? How do I overcome it? Man, you got to trust God to direct your way. You got to trust God to direct your way. How do you do that? Man, according to Proverbs chapter three, verse five says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own opinion or your mama's opinion or, the, or your, uh, somebody else's opinion. Don't rely on their own opinion. With all of your heart, rely on God to guide you and he will lead you in every decision you make. What does that look like practically? Man, when you wake up in the morning, Father, I trust in you with all of my heart. I lean not to my own understanding and all of my ways I'm acknowledging you. Father, what am I putting on today? What am I wearing to work today? What am I eating for breakfast today? Which way am I driving to work today? I'm in the office, Father. How do I go into this meeting? What should I say? What should I do? Remember, you got the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, so he's going with you everywhere you go. And guess what? If you ask, God will answer. If you ask, he will He will direct your path. If you, will, if you acknowledge him, he will always show you the way to go. Now, guess what? When you begin to get in his word and he and you're in his word, when you begin to read his word, he will begin to answer questions about situations and circumstances either you have had in the past or about situations and circumstances you're about to walk into now. All you have to do is ask. Everything starts with the word. It starts with the word. It ends with the word. And everything, acknowledge God. Who, God, should I go on this date? God, should I eat this apple pie after eight o'clock? God, should I do this? God, should I do that? What should I do, Father? I'm asking you. I'm telling you from personal experience, if you ask, he will answer. 
He, will, he, he wants to talk to you. He wants to commune with you. He wants to fellowship you with you. You're his child and he's your father. He loves you. He wants to commune with you. He's going to be with you. He's going to help you. He's going to aid you. He's going to guide you. He's going to sustain you. And he's going to lead you by his word. He's going to God, he's good when you be led by the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit is always going to lead you according to God's word. He's not going to uh, lead you according to somebody else's opinion. He's going to lead you according to God's word. But what's the first thing you got to do in order to qualify for all this? If, you, if you've never done it before, man, you got to get in the right relationship. You got to accept Jesus, your, the, Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Some teacher, some pastor, some uh, some other leaders are saying there's all kind of ways. Celebrities, Oprah even said there's, there's more than one way to get to heaven. Oprah, baby, you're wrong. There's only one way. There's only one way to get there. And, it, and his name is Jesus. You know, if I just, just just do enough good, if I just if I'm just so good, if my goods outweigh my bad, then I'll get in. No, there's only one way. His name is Jesus. Man, if I if I if I give all that I have to the poor, and if I give my body to be burned, won't I get in? Then there's only one way, and his name is Jesus, because he's the only one who's qualified, who's already paid for your sins, past, present, and future. All you have to do is receive his free offer of forgiveness. How do you go about that, man? It's as simple as is in accordance to Romans chapter ten, verses eight, nine, and ten, which says this. It says the word of God is near you. It's in your heart. It's in your mouth. It's the word of faith which we preach that if you will confess with your mouth, Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. What does that word save me? Healed, set free, delivered, made whole. He says, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness, but with your mouth confession is made unto salvation. How do I go about that? doing that? Man, pray this prayer with me. Confess it out of your mouth. Mean it from your heart. Say this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe Jesus Christ, he's the son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and carried my sins for me. I believe he's put in the grave but now he's risen, he's alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart, save me now. I receive your offer of forgiveness right now. According to your word, I'm born again. In Jesus name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time or you pray that prayer uh, again to rededicate, man, I pray that prayer every week, regardless of whether I'm online and I, I pray that prayer every week. Why? Because I'm always reminding myself, but I'm also reminding the world and everyone else that I've made a decision that Jesus is that is not only my savior, but he's my Lord. His he has the final say in what I do, where I go, how I respond. His the word of God is the final authority. Now, not only did you become born again, but you also are now the righteousness or you are in right standing with God. You're in right relationship with God. But now you're also a citizen of the kingdom of God. And now you have peace, the peace of God. But you also have peace with God. So I want to congratulate you. Welcome you into the kingdom of God. Welcome you into right position. Welcome you into right relationship. What do you do now? What do we talk about? 
you got to get in a word-based church that teaches you about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, but also teaches you about the kingdom of God, teaches you about the love of God. We know that Ignite Depot is such a place. Man, we're here every week for you at 5 p.m. Eastern time every week where we'll present a word that's going to be a blessing to your life. Man, don't keep it to yourself. Man, tell somebody, to, you know, like us, you know, uh, friend us. <laughs> whatever you want, uh, save this uh, this video, video. And we also have a podcast called Ignite, uh, the number two life, Ignite to Life podcast, where you'll hear this broadcast and all the other services that we have leading up to this. Man, on behalf of Pastor Juwin and the entire Night Nation, I want to thank you for joining us tonight. And remember this, God loves you. God is with you. God is for you. And all you got to do is make a decision every day to trust in the Lord to direct your way and he will lead you in the way you should go. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.